Hey everyone, you are listening to the Above the Tree Line podcast, where we take difficult questions about Christianity, faith, and culture and answer them through the lens of scripture. You can listen on your preferred podcast platform or watch online at youtube.com slash Austin Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to submit a question for us to address, you can do so at acfellowship.org slash podcast. And thank you so much for joining us for another exciting episode of Above the exciting Tree Line. Episode. Exciting, exciting it episode. Is exciting. Yes, it is. We have received this question a couple of times before we dive into it. Who are you? My name is Will Davis Jr. Hi, Lauren. Hi, and you're the I'm senior back. pastor. I am back. ACF. Yes, That's right. Good to see you. And I am Lauren Thurston. I'm the communications manager here, and I am going to tee up some of y'all's questions regarding yeah. alcohol. Drum roll. Alcohol, what should the Christian's relationship with alcohol be? And this is something I want to dive deep into the scripture with you right off the bat. Do you mind if I ask you, as a pastor, do you drink alcohol? I do. Um, I drink, I go on and off. Right now I'm on. Um, Because <laughs> last time we talked, you were off. I know, so I, I, know I, went a year, I went a year without any alcohol. Okay. And then I started back this summer. Um, a little bit, but um, I right now I'm partake of alcohol, mostly wine. Okay. So what would you say to the Christian who is feeling convicted about drinking alcohol? Like, is this something that Christians should be doing? Well, there's all things according to scripture for Christians are permissible. Not all things are beneficial. First Corinthians 8. And the Lord has many times said to me, there are things I don't want you to do that are probably permissible for others mm-hmm. in your own sanctification. This is a stronghold for you. It's a weakness for you. It's a stumbling block for you. And so you don't need to be doing this, even though other people may be able to. And so I think if a Christian is feeling convicted, not guilty, convicted about something like alcohol in their life, they need to listen to that because there may be something going on. Just because it's permissible doesn't mean it's necessarily beneficial for you at that season of your life. Well, how would the Christian know if they're feeling guilty versus convicted? What's the difference between uh, those can, two? Guilt, great topic. It'd be actually a whole podcast. Guilt tears down, pulls down. It's from the devil. It says, you're a terrible person. How dare you? God doesn't love you. Christianity, excuse me, conviction says, you're better than this. Aim higher. Step up to a higher level. This is not who you are. So when I've been convicted in the past about... TV shows I've watched, or alcohol I drank, or whatever. Um, it was it was about look, you're better than this. I want more of you than this. This is holding you down. Let's step up to a new level. That's conviction. Guilt is you're pagan swine. Mm-hmm. Why bother? Do you think there's kind of I don't want to say different rules for different people, but certain people should not drink, whereas it may be permissible for others. Is it a gray area or is it black and white? Well, the Bible it's not gray in the Bible, um, the Bible puts no prohibitions on drinking that I'm aware of, and I've read the Bible mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. It puts prohibitions on drunkenness. Right. So I don't think I can say, hey, you're sinning if you drink, because the Bible doesn't teach that, and we actually can argue there's biblical examples of wine being encouraged, being participated in. I mean, Israel was a grapevine society. There's mm-hmm. a big wine press in Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. They made wine for a living. So you probably can't argue against it from that standpoint. Um, so I would not tell people, look, you're sinful if you're doing this. But there are times, like if I have a predisposition, mm-hmm. 
if I'm from an alcoholic family, if I know that if I drink one drink, I'm going to want to have six, and I probably shouldn't do that. Like for me, whiskey is a problem. I'm just going to be real honest mm-hmm. with you. If I drink one, I love whiskey. I love the yeah, taste of bourbon. I love whiskey too. I love bourbon. I can't. I can't. Because I won't stop at one. Mm-hmm. And whiskey, as a friend of mine says, is the devil's water. Mm-hmm. And it, I will say and do crazy things if I drink too much whiskey. So I just kind of stay away from whiskey, even though it's totally permissible to drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for me, it's not something I should do. So, I mean, I'm just getting into the nitty Well, we jumped into here. confessional here yeah, in a hurry, we did. didn't we? So, you say you won't stop at one. Okay, so one is okay. Is two okay? At what point does it become not okay? Anything that brings you under its control mm-hmm. is sinful. So, to that point where I begin to, to lose control of my thoughts my impulses, my behaviors, my words, and the alcohol or the drug mm-hmm. begins to, to control my behavior more than the Holy Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, mm-hmm. for that is dissipation, that is right. excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a contrast there. Mm-hmm. So when the, the, the drug is influencing my behavior, not the Holy Spirit, now I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, I've, so maybe I can drink one glass of wine and not have it affect me. Uh, I'm not going to drink a glass of wine and drive. Right. We go out publicly. Susie and I, she may drink a glass of wine. I won't have any alcohol because I got to drive home. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take any chances of getting pulled over and getting arrested for being under the influence of alcohol. Mm -hmm. I'm a pastor and that wouldn't look good. Right. Not a good headline. Not be a good witness at all. Um, So I've got to be real careful that I don't. And the book, The Pursuit of Holiness, which many of you guys read this summer, talks about it. And if it brings you under its control, you probably need to stop. Mm-hmm. So to that point, you can still be holy and drink alcohol. Yeah, I think so. Because Jesus drank alcohol. Yeah, it's, it's not prohibited. Right. If it's prohibited, it'd be different. It's not prohibited. Well, here's another question I have. So in doing some research, I found out that a lot of the water back in Jesus' day was not safe to drink. There was a lot of waterborne illness and even death. So wine, having gone through the fermentation process, was actually a safer alternative than water. So do you think it's safe to conclude that Jesus and his followers drank wine at every meal? I think that I'm not going to say every meal, but I think they had it a lot. I know they had the Passover meal. Mm-hmm. The night before Christ was executed, he had wine mm-hmm. with them. I don't know enough about the alcohol content of that to know how much it might have messed with them. The alcohol t- content, I believe, was significantly lower than you the content You would think it would be. Today. You would think it would yeah. be. Um, and that's something to think about. But Paul told Timothy, you know, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you've got a stomach issue, take some wine for your stomach. Mm-hmm. Just, it'll, it'll settle it down. So I don't think that the, the, um, the belief that Jesus and his guys drank non-alcoholic wine. That was one thing I was going pr- to, because I grew the water up to hearing wine. Yeah, that I know. there was I did no too. alcohol I did in Jesus' wine. But that's, yeah. when people say, look at Jesus, he's a drunkard, like that implies that there was alcohol in the yeah. wine he was drinking. <laughs> he turned six big jugs of water to wine, and it mm-hmm. probably was alcoholic wine. Right. I mean, it's hard to, I, so I think we're missing the point. I think we're missing the point if we try to get into was it alcoholic or not. The point was, you know, it was something that was um, used for medicinal purposes and or social purposes. Nothing wrong with that. But to the point that it begins to change you, mm-hmm. Lauren, or me, mm-hmm. and influence how I think and then really cause me to do stupid things, now I'm, now I'm 
hurting myself right. and I'm possibly hurting others. And you can apply that to anything. I can eat too much of a food. Mm-hmm. I can watch too much of a TV show. Mm-hmm. When it brings you under its control, then I might need to be thinking about backing off. Yeah. You know, and I think that because I grew up in a Southern Baptist home, I think the subject of alcohol, um, I don't know, it seemed to be a big Baptist thing because John the Baptist did not drink alcohol. So I feel like a lot of our Baptist beliefs followed John the Baptist. So I grew up in a house. Where did you learn that John the Baptist did not drink alcohol? He didn't drink alcohol. Where'd you learn that? Who told you that? The Bible. Where? Well, it talked about his diet and what he consumed. Well, that's not comprehensive. But I Baptists mean, it, don't believe that John. Yeah, locusts and wild honey, but it means yeah. he didn't. He didn't mention what he drinks in there. I mean, if you're eating locust and honey, you're probably not also drinking. So wine. there's a there's. I'm just messing with you here in front of our audience. So there's a theory that the 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 wedding at Cana was John the Baptist's wedding, hmm. because Jesus and Mary both had a high role in it, and he was their first cousin. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if we can say that John the Baptist maybe. Didn't well, I don't drink think alcohol. Baptists think that John the Baptist drank alcohol. Well, but anyway. Anyway, so we talk a lot about like living soberly, like sober mm-hmm. mind, sober spirit. Mm-hmm. So the issue of alcohol, what I'm hearing is one person, it may be a really bad decision to partake in any. For all, it's a like it's a sin to become drunk, mm-hmm. not necessarily a sin to partake in drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. But if you know that it's something that's going to make you not sober-minded, regardless if it's one drink or four, that's another question. What if somebody has Wait, a very... Well, let's stay on the one you're asking me, though. That's a, oh, that's a, that's a great which question. Which one was it? It's, it's So let me not do this. Let me not... If I'm convicted that alcohol is a mm-hmm. sin... It's a sin for me. The Bible does yes. not say that. I can't impose that on you. Right. And, and I think where that's we where we get messed up. That's because where we get in trouble. A lot of Christians will look at our family and like be like, you drink alcohol, you're not holy. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like the Pharisees almost. Show me that in scripture. <laughs> right. So so my what God is asking me to do, if it's not clearly biblical, I can't impose on you. Mm-hmm. It might be a really wise thing for you to do, but if God's not asking you, I dance. Not well, yeah. but I dance. <laughs> well, some people think dancing's sinful. Well, no, I grew up, you cannot you dance cannot because dance. of the dancing around John the Baptist's head and the sexual well, You guys got a lot of things going on with John the Baptist over yeah, there, that's I for mean, sure. It was, a, it was a big... Anyway, I, it's not right for us to impose that on other people mm-hmm. if it's not patently biblical, and this one isn't. Mm-hmm. So you're going to ask me a question. Yes. So... Sorry. The, and this is me just splitting hairs because I know some people are like, okay, if one drink is okay, is two drinks okay? Um, if you have a very high tolerance and four drinks doesn't affect you, are you allowed yeah, to I have that? Yeah, I think you're missing the point because <laughs> it's like, is it do you tithe on gross or net? You're missing the point. Yeah. The point is don't allow anything in your body that's going to bring it under its control or even in some way harm you. Some mm-hmm. people could argue that alcohol is wrong because it destroys brain cells. Brain right. cells don't reproduce. I need all the brain cells I can get. Right. But given that we only use 10% of our brains, I think I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you, I think if somebody says, well, I, can, I got a high tolerance. I can go for four. I can drink a six-pack a night. Mm-hmm. You may be missing the point. Right. It was a, a verse in Psalm that I read when I was trying to figure out how I felt. Because on my 21st birthday, I decided that I was not going to drink alcohol. So I signed a little paper, got a little bracelet, not drinking alcohol. I was like... 
maybe a little bit of a legalist, like, and I would like shake my finger at other students at the University of Texas that drank alcohol. But you did a lot of finger shaking. I did a lot of of finger Mm -hmm. shaking, Um, and not just in that regard. But as I was trying to figure out where I stood on this, even David writes in the Psalms that it's God who gives us the wine that gladdens our hearts. Gladdens the hearts of men. Yes. And that's yeah. true. There's something very celebratory about it. Your daughter said it in when she was preaching that Jesus was the type of guy that people wanted to celebrate with. He got invited to weddings. And there is something very celebratory about that's wine. That's so good, Lauren. And, and let's not push this too far, but the feasts in the Old Testament were celebratory and included alcohol. Mm-hmm. So celebration is part of the biblical pattern. But again... Um, the influence of evil mm-hmm. or something that's bad for you is not. Mm-hmm. So we just got to be wise. And Paul says, let me put this in here now. Paul says, if it's going to cause you to stumble, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it. Right. If me being out publicly as a senior pastor of Austin Christian Fellowship and me having a margarita, I'm willing to give that up for the sake of people that might think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Or they might go, well, how can Will do that? Um, the, the higher your leadership and your position in the world of influence, the less freedom you have. Right. There's an inverse relationship between leadership and responsibility and freedom. I can't go do anything I want to do, even though it might be permissible because of the effect of a witness. Mm -hmm. And I think Christians need to think about that when we're throwing parties and letting our 18 and 19 year olds drink when it's not legal. And you might need to think about the impact of that because of how it looks, because Paul said, don't do anything that will cause a weaker brother to stumble. So there is a deference that needs to be given when it comes to alcohol that we're not going to be creating issues for other people by engaging in it. We talk about it making somebody else stumble. Like, that's one thing. But what about also, like, we're not supposed to be driven by the fear of man. Like, oh, what will this person think of me if I'm at a brewery having a beer? Like, and that's something as a people pleaser I struggle with. I'm like, what are people going to think? That's, I don't feel like that's coming from God. I think that that's me trying to look really good in the eyes of man. Um, it's not me necessarily wanting to prevent them from stumbling. It's more concerned about self. So sometimes it's hard to differentiate those two. It'd be like, if I go out and drink, it's going to cause you to stumble. Well, maybe if I go out and drink, it's just that I'm going to be insecure about what you think of me. Yeah, I, I get that, sis. I have a rule. When in doubt, don't. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm struggling with it, I probably don't need to be doing it right now. If I feel like this could be a problem for me or somebody else, or if 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 a camera were put here right now, mm-hmm. how would my friends and family respond? Then that's if I'm really struggling with that, then I probably just need to not mm-hmm. be messing with it. Um, and that can be you can apply that principle to just about anything. Yeah. Can I give you a compliment? I don't even know if this was you that did this. When I was leaving the Baptist church, when I was in college and exploring non-denominational. Christianity, you and some of your other pastor friends from Austin sat down at a table with some atheists at their convention, and one of the yeah. pastors brought a six-pack of beer. I did it. You did it. I brought him, I brought him a six-pack. I thought that was so mm-hmm. cool and so opposite they didn't know of what, what to do I with had it. been they raised They didn't know what to do with, with it, yeah. But I was like, oh, look, he's a normal human being. He's yeah. not a holier I've forgotten than about that. And that was hilarious. He was the associate director of the National Atheist Association. Yes. And I showed up with a six pack as a gift and just to kind of mess with him. And But they uh, loved it. It was funny. It was, it was a funny. great icebreaker. 
So, okay. Good so memory. I forgot about that. I feel like we've, we've covered the alcohol thing. There is something that I do want to dive into because it is a topic of conversation right now. A lot of states are either decriminalizing or legalizing the use of marijuana. In the state of Texas currently, it is illegal to use mm -hmm. marijuana. If and when it becomes legal, I'm not saying that it will, but if it does, should the Christian's relationship with marijuana be the same as their relationship with alcohol, or is that a different tier? Um, all things are permissible. Not all things are beneficial. I think the relationship needs to be, is this beneficial? Mm -hmm. Now, I got to be clear about this. It's illegal right now. Right. So we don't need to be partaking of marijuana. Right. It's, it's, and people are like, well, it's, I can go across the border. Oh, good. But right now, we still have to honor mm -hmm. our government. Mm -hmm. And just like an 18-year-old can't drink legally, right. I can't smoke dope legally. Right. Man, I'm, I need to, God cares about those kind of laws. Yeah. It's, it's, do you care about authority or not? And I've heard all kinds of stories about, well, it really helps, but mm -hmm. there's, there's laws for a reason. Um, I'm not a fan of marijuana. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I smoked dope in high school. I inhaled. Okay. Whoa. I don't. Yeah. I, I was year and a half there. I was out of control, Lauren. We would not have been friends. Smoked in high a school. lot of pot in high school, and um, the the marijuana today is much stronger and much more effective than what I was messing around with as a sixteen year old. And I'm I'm personally I'm not a fan. Mm -hmm. And so again, if it's going to bring you under its control, if it's going to alter how you behave and think, if it's going to give you a weird sense of courage that you might not have otherwise or remove your filters. Why, why would you want to be engaged in that? Mm -hmm. Because the filters keep you from saying and doing inappropriate things. Same with alcohol. Yeah. So I don't know that it would just because the state legalizes it, that it's something I want to engage in. If it's going to alter my behaviors in a way that don't honor Christ and marijuana probably would. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's, there are a lot of Christians, like some of my more like, natural friends um they call themselves crunchy mamas but they would say like i'm not going to put a pain pill in my body because like that those are chemicals those are bad things but they don't feel the same way about a pain relief that is derived from a plant such as the marijuana plant so there there are a group of people christian people who will say no to pills but yes to oils that relieve pain what do you say to that i probably wouldn't have a comment yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, be wise as serpents, be innocent as doves, um, pray about it. Everything you put in your body should be thought about clearly. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can't get on the marijuana train. Mm -hmm. I just can't for various reasons. And I've seen too much destruction come from it. Mm -hmm. And you could say the same for prescription medications. Right. Anything in excess is going to be deadly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not a fan of, of us jumping on the marijuana bandwagon for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But it comes down to Jerry Bridges asked us questions. Does this in, in pursuit of holiness, does this glorify God? Number one, mm -hmm. if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to dip skull, let's just yeah. go tobacco. Dipping and smoking was another thing that we're okay. not going to have time to get into, but it falls within if that. If I'm going to dip and I was a big dipper in college. Okay. Um, if I'm going to dip skull, does this glorify God? Does it hurt anybody? Does it help anybody or does it help me? And does it bring me under its control? Mm -hmm. Well, those four questions just slayed me. Mm. No, 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 and no. I can't, I can't pass the test on dipping skull. It sure doesn't glorify God. It's a nasty habit. And it does bring you under its control, and it can hurt people. It can hurt me, so I probably shouldn't be doing it. I think that's a great test for any behavior.
gosh, now I'm feeling convicted about eating McDonald's. You know, I'm you, like the you go, girl. And you go. <laughs> you just go. But again, let the Holy Spirit tell you what the rules are yeah. for you. Okay, don't, and don't impose your rules don't on somebody. Don't be happy else. meal yourself yet. You no, just, I won't. Yeah, good. I, good. I've got the app good to on know. my phone. Good to know. And I just got the Dairy Queen app and Freddie's app. Yeah. I've got all the apps for fast yeah. food. I know it's bad for me. I know it doesn't glorify God. I'm not personally convicted to with abstain from if Jesus' the Lord chicken. wants you to quit eating McDonald's, I'm sure he'll let you know. <laughs> he will let me know. He will let you know. So I just want to say thank you for talking about this openly because I feel like this is a, these are questions that a lot of Christians have and they almost feel ashamed or afraid to ask these church these questions in a church. Um, they feel judged. They feel guilty. I especially was one of those people because of the way that I was raised. Um, so I just want to say thank you for actually having an honest conversation about something that is so relevant and so prevalent and also not being a holier-than-thou, self-righteous pastor. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I have my you. moments, trust me. Yeah. I'm not a fan, though. I mean, honestly, Lauren, these parents that have parties in their homes yes. and serve it's alcohol to kids to be cool. Right. That ought, you ought to be in jail yeah. for that. What are well, you yeah, thinking? It's illegal. What are you thinking? Absolutely. So there's, I can get pretty legalistic on, but yeah. that that's just stupid. Why would you ever give alcohol to a kid? Right. It's illegal. It's it's bad for them. It's habit forming. Mm-hmm. You're encouraging them to break to dishonor the authorities, and that's about parents just being insecure. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm on a bandwagon now. Um, no, that's true. Ed, that is illegal. Like that. It's, a, it's stupid. That is totally dishonoring it's stupid. God. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Um, I think that every one of you out there get before the Lord mm-hmm. and say, are you okay with me consuming? Everything needs to be put before right. the Lord. Can I drink in a way that's not going to dishonor you? Mm-hmm. And go to what he says. Mm-hmm. And there's times, I'm, sh- I'm sure there'll be seasons again I won't drink. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be back at some point where I'm like, I need to abstain for a while for prayer. I'll go before Easter. I'll quit drinking for the run-up to Easter because mm-hmm. I still want things clouding my brain. I'm sure I'll go back and forth just seek the Lord on it and stay humble. Yeah. Yeah. We fast from, we go through seasons of fasting from not just alcohol, fasting from social media, fasting from certain types of foods, like just to pull them out of your life, shift that focus back to God. Um, and also like if, if you're able to do that, it doesn't have control over you, which. Yeah. So if you, if somebody felt an alarm go off and thought, I don't know if I could get through tonight without a drink, that's probably problematic. Right. Right. If you, if you like, I don't know how I get through this evening without that that beer or mm-hmm. that shot, maybe it's a problem. Right. So that might be the reason to push it back for a while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And especially like secretive behavior. I've had some friends that just hid it. And I'm like, that's when you start hiding it. Like that's, I know that's pastors that do that. That's a problem. I do. But anyway, okay, well, thank you. We've, we've run out My of time pleasure, on this Lauren. topic. You Always thought this was going to be a quick open this is and a close. Great one. Was I have lots of questions about this, but you have lots of questions. Let's just leave it at that. Yes, you do. About everything. So, you guys, thank you so much for submitting these questions. Um, we love hearing from you. Please continue to go to acfellowship.org/podcast and send us the things that you want us to talk about. We've always said none of the topics are off the table, so bring them, and we would love to at least approach them humbly from a biblical perspective. So, thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you next week.